0: What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be going through the top 30 wide receivers in terms of underdog ADP. And I'm going to be talking about every single player talking about why you should draft them. So most of my videos, you know, you talk about a few players that you should be drafting, do not draft here, I'm going to be going through the top 30. And it's going to be more, you know, positive, even if I don't love every player at price, there are specific reasons why they are going that high, or even the guys going lower, right? like everyone has some upside, all these players have some appeal. And so we're going to be focusing, you know, on the positive aspects. And if you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. And then if you like the concept, I talked about the top 30 running backs yesterday. So that is up on my channel also. But let's just jump right into the wide receivers. And we're starting it off with the wide receiver one, Cooper Cup. I feel like this one's pretty clear. The dude was an absolute monster last season one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. So everyone wants Cooper Cup on their roster. And I think, you know, he's going to be a high-end wide receiver one once again. Next up, we have a Justin Jefferson. And, you know, aside from Cooper Cup, when I'm looking at players who I think will finish as the wide receiver one, I feel like Justin Jefferson has to be the next, you know, highest odds player. I really feel like there's a chance Justin Jefferson just goes nuclear this season, heading into his third year in the NFL, You have a kind of a change in that Vikings offense. I believe they're going to be more pass-heavy, new coaching staff. So if this team switches to a more pass-heavy attack, Justin Jefferson's a monster. He's continuing to go up. Adam Thielen, as he ages, he's going to be going down a little bit, still a very viable player, but I think Justin Jefferson is just going to dominate the season, and that is why you are drafting him. Then we have Jamar Chase, one of the best rookie wide receiver seasons of all time could have been the best, you know, you can make that argument. There's really a lot to be excited about here with Chase. You know, he's going to be attached to Joe Burrow. This Bengals offense is going to be great. They have a much improved offensive line, and he is just a big play machine. He was wildly efficient last year. If he can add some volume to that, he could be in store for an absolutely monster season, just like he had last season as a rookie. Then we have Stephon Diggs. He likes to find digs. We know he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He's attached to Josh Allen, the clear cut top weapon on that team. He's going to give you some solid volume. He has the touchdown upside and he can put together a high end wide receiver one season. We saw it in his first year with the bills. Then we have Devonte Adams. You can make a strong case that Devonte Adams is the number one wide receiver in the NFL. I would not push back on that. He is going on a new team. But I still think this is a pretty solid situation. Paired up with Derek Carr, played together in college. He's going to be the number one target on this team. They're going to have some shootouts with the other teams in their division. Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. Devontae Adams is going to have some monster games. And even though he's in a new situation, I still think he's going to be an absolute stud. Then we have Ceedee Lamb. And it really seems like everything is lined up for C.D. Lamb to take that next step. You have Amari Cooper gone, Michael Gallup coming off of the torn ACL. Like this is CeeDee Lamb's opportunity to be the alpha. You know, he may have slightly disappointed the last two years. This is the opportunity. If he's going to be a high-end wide receiver one, this is really the time for him to take that monster jump. And he is set up very well to do that. Another guy who's set up to have a monster season as the clear-cut wide receiver one is Mike Evans. With Chris Godwin coming off the ACL, AB is gone. Rob Gronkowski's retiring. Like Mike Evans is going to be the clear cut number one target on this team. And even though he's been very successful in his first two seasons with Brady, he hasn't had that elite upside. And when you look back at that roster, like it was an embarrassment of riches. If you had Mike Evans getting double teamed, okay, go to Antonio Brown, go to Chris Godwin, go to Rob Gronkowski. There were so many guys to be worried about that you didn't have to, you know, feed Mike Evans targets. You could kind of, you know, let him take some pressure off the defense. He could give you three receptions for 20 yards, and you could still have a dominant win. That is not the case this year. Mike Evans is going to be very, very involved on a week-to-week basis, and I think he could definitely give you like a high-end wide receiver one finish like he did, and I believe at Jameis Winston's last season, he was dominant that year also. Then we've got Debo Samuel, and really for Debo Samuel, he can be an elite wide receiver one as a pure wide receiver or this like wide back position. You know, if you look at like the first half of the season, he was a pure wide receiver last year, was a high-end wide receiver one yak machine. Then they switch him to the wide back spot. Once again, a high-end wide receiver. So no matter where they play him, Debo Samuel is going to ball out. Then we have Tyree Hill. And for Tyree Kill, there are definitely some question marks with the situation. But if you are drafting Tyree Kill, You are drafting him for the talent. We know he has the talent to be a high-end wide receiver one. You're just kind of hoping that they get the ball into his hands, give him opportunities to make those massive plays. Then we have T. Higgins, and really a lot of the things I said about Jamar Chase applies here with T. Higgins. Elite offense, great quarterback in Joe Burrow, and I think T. Higgins kind of has like an underrated ceiling. Like he was a back-end uh, wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two last year with pretty poor touchdown upside. Like I would not be surprised if we see Chase finishes like the wide receiver three, wide receiver four. And then we see Higgins is like wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. Like I feel like that's totally in the realm of possibilities. So I really like T Higgins here. Then we have AJ Brown and similar to Tyree Kill, you're looking at this situation, it might not be great, but you are betting on the player to kind of outperform the situation they're in kind of raise their offenses up. So if you're going after AJ Brown, you're hoping the Eagles offense becomes a little more pass heavy after they brought him in. Maybe would they want to shift how they run this offense and then you're going to see him feast because he has finished well, you know, on the Titans, which was a low volume passing attack. So hopefully he can do the same thing here with the Eagles. For Keenan Allen, you were just getting one of the safest weapons in the league. Just seems like a lock, you know, for his floor. If he's on the field, it seems like his floor is like a high-end wide receiver two. It's pretty impressive to have that high of a floor when you're being drafted as like a fringe wide receiver one. I also think he has that upside where if he just hits a double-digit touchdown season, I know he hasn't done it yet, but it should be possible. He gets targeted in the red zone. This is going to be a high-volume passing attack. If he gets 10, 11 touchdowns, he could easily put together a wide receiver one season when you're looking at the volume around him. Going after Keenan, we actually have his teammate, Mike Williams, and for Mike Williams, you're kind of hoping he keeps that same role that he had last year. So early on in his career, you know, he was this deep threat guy, wasn't really like a high volume option. Last year, his dot totally dropped. He still had some of those big plays, but he was much more reliable, getting targeted you know, at a much higher rate. I actually did a video breaking down both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It should be on here from maybe like a week ago. So if you wanna see that, go and check it out. But he's gonna be someone who can give you those massive weeks. Then we have a Michael Pittman. And I feel like this season is set up for Michael Pittman to break out. He showed really solid improvement from his rookie to sophomore season. Now he's going in, you know, to year three. He has a quarterback upgrade, very limited target competition. This could be the year that Michael Pittman breaks out as a fantasy football wide receiver one. Next up, we have Marquise Brown going from the Ravens to the Cardinals. I feel like in the first six weeks of the season, we could really see Marquise Brown ball out as like a fantasy wide receiver one. We just have not seen him play on a high volume passing attack. When the Ravens were more pass heavy earlier in the season with Lamar, Marquise Brown was putting up really, really strong numbers. So without DeHop for the first six weeks, I feel like Marquise Brown can really impress. I think his skill set matches up very well with Kyler. Kyler gets a lot of hate, but the man can throw the deep ball. We know that's Marquise Brown's strong suit. So I think, you know, you could expect some massive performances early on in the season. And then when D-Hop comes back, you're kind of hoping that Marquise Brown overtakes him. DeAndre Hopkins is aging. If he's the wide receiver one for the Cardinals, you like to see it. Then we have Jalen Waddell. He's teamed up with Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins. And a lot of things I said about Tyreek Hill, I feel like kind of also apply here. Even though they're very, you know, different players in terms of where they are in their career, Jalen Waddle, we know he's talented, very impressive rookie season. You're hoping that his talent wins out on an unclear situation with an unproven quarterback, but I think he can take a jump in year two. He's acclimated to the NFL. And I think this offense as a whole is going to be better, which could obviously help him out with his efficiency and touchdown upside. Then we have Cortland Sutton. I feel like the appeal here is clear. He could be the wide receiver one on a Russell Wilson-led offense. I mean, if that's the DK Metcalf slot, that's a great position to be in. You know, we've seen him put together a strong fantasy finish. I believe it was his third year in the NFL. Maybe it was his second year, but it was like a combo of, I think it was Flacco Andrew Locke. But I mean, he was very impressive with a really poor kind of QB play around him. So if he's the guy, you know, second year off his ACL, He could be a really strong fantasy bet. Next up, it is going to be DJ Moore. And for DJ Moore, you know he is a very, very talented wide receiver. If he was in a good situation with a good quarterback, I think DJ Moore could be like a mid-tier wide receiver one. I truly believe he has that ceiling. But here with his current situation, you're just betting on a guy to be kind of a safe option, a wide receiver two on your team. And then you're just kind of holding out hope that he can like wildly outperform the situation. If they can acquire a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, I think that would be great news for DJ Moore. I don't know if it's gonna happen. I don't think it's like some insane thing, but I feel like that's a massive upgrade from what they have now with Sam Darnold. Next up, it is Deontay Johnson. If you guys follow my channel, you know I'm a massive fan of Deontay. So in my opinion, you're getting a wide receiver who has proven they can be a wide receiver one in a not good situation. Big Ben was horrible last year. They did pass a lot, but it was very, very inefficient. Deontay Johnson was a wide receiver one, and now you're going from Big Ben, who was terrible, to Mitch and uh, Kenny Pickett, who could also be terrible, but now he's going as wide receiver 19. I think there's a lot of value here. He's proven he can do it in bad offenses. I think he can do it again. So I think you're definitely getting a value there with Deontay here at number 20. We have Jerry Judy kind of a similar argument here to Cortland Sutton. He's the younger option, but he will have the opportunity to ball out, you know, with Russell Wilson as his quarterback. This would be the year for him to take that leap. And you're betting on, you know, his solid college profile where he was a first round pick. And so you're hoping, you know, he steps into that role. Then we have it Terry McLaurin. I think everyone knows Terry McLaurin is a very talented wide receiver. I feel like he's kind of in that same situation as DJ Moore, where we know the talent is there. We just don't know about the situation. But here for Terry, he actually has a quarterback upgrade. It definitely doesn't sound great when you're saying Carson Wentz is like a significant upgrade over the former quarterback, but that is the situation we are in. I don't even think Terry McLaurin needs like an insane amount of help to be a solid fantasy wide receiver. He just needs someone who can deliver the ball somewhat accurately to him. So I think, you know, wide receiver 21, with this upgrade, and he has some other weapons around him. Curtis Samuel coming back. They drafted uh, Jahad Dotson. So, you know, I think this offense will be better, and he can have a strong season. With Allen Robinson here, you are betting on the fact that last year was kind of a fluke, you know, a bad situation. He's been very reliable his entire career. Someone who's been a fringe wide receiver one. And then you are putting that player on one of the best passing attacks in the NFL, letting him play behind Cooper Cup. It's gonna be a pass-heavy attack. And if Allen Robinson still has it, you're probably getting a decent value here at wide receiver 22. Next up, it is DK Metcalf. And here you are betting on the talent. I think this is too low for DK. Not a good situation, but you're looking at a guy who has been a fantasy wide receiver one. He is an elite NFL wide receiver and you're getting him as a back-end wide receiver two. Then we have Gabriel Davis. And I personally am not a huge Gabriel Davis fan, but I feel like the upside here is very, very clear. You're looking at the wide receiver two in a pretty wide open wide receiver room for the Bills. It's gonna be a high volume passing attack. He flashed with that massive playoff performance. So that is the upside with Gabriel Davis that you're kind of catching this ascending wide receiver, someone who's gonna be a very strong option moving forward. Then at 25, we have Rashad Bateman. And his upside, I think, is very, very high. Looking at that Ravens wide receiver room, Rashad Bateman is the guy. If he is as talented as I think he is, he was a great college prospect, You know, was all right last year behind Marquise Brown. I think Rashad Bateman can have a massive breakout year. And we saw last year, early on in the season with Marquise Brown, when Lamar is out there, like this Ravens wide receiver one spot can feast. I do think they're gonna be a little bit pass heavy. But that doesn't mean Rashad Bateman can still not be a very strong fantasy like wide receiver two with maybe even like wide receiver one upside if he hits like his, you know, highest ceiling this year. Then we have Brandon Cooks. The appeal here for Brandon Cooks, super consistent. You know what you're getting out of him. Seems like a lock for 1,000 yards, no matter what kind of situation he's in, whether he has Deshaun Watson or he has Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills. He is going to produce no matter what. And that is what you like about Cooks. Then we've got Juju Smith-Schuster here going to the Kansas City Chiefs. He is someone who's very interesting because he's turned in like elite wide receiver one seasons. You know, when he was playing behind Antonio Brown, put together some strong, strong years. Now he's going to a new situation, has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one on a very, very valuable passing attack. Obviously paired with Patrick Mahomes, So that is the ceiling there. He's the number one on an elite, elite offense. Then we have Darnell Mooney here at wide receiver 28. Really like Mooney this season. Looking at this Bears offense, like Darnell Mooney is the guy. There was no one else in this wide receiver room who was even close to Mooney. I think he's gonna be force-fed targets. We know he can make some big plays, but like I think at worst, he's gonna be a super inefficient, just like volume monster. And here at wide receiver 28, That is great, great value. At wide receiver 29, we have Chris Godwin. I love Chris Godwin here because I know we have the ACL issue. But when healthy, I think Chris Godwin's a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. Like if he had no ACL concerns, I think you're looking at both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as top 10 guys. So here, if he's missing four or five games, you could be getting a fantasy wide receiver one for like three-fourths of the season you're getting him at a massive discount because of that injury. Now the final wide receiver here is going to be Amari Cooper. And this doesn't sound super positive because I don't think it's going to happen. But I think what you're shooting for here with Amari Cooper is that Deshaun Watson does not get a full season suspension because if Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper are on the field at the same time, I think you can make the argument that Cooper is a mid to high end wide receiver too. So here at wide receiver 30, If he's playing with Deshaun Watson, this is a really solid value, but I mean, I knew I'd say I'd be positive, but I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to play. So there's not a ton of appeal here. Maybe he's the clear cut wide receiver one, but led by Jacoby Brissett, like not really seeing it much here. So I guess the upside is Deshaun Watson, even though it's very unlikely, but so those are the top 30 wide receivers. Why you would be drafting them kind of like their upside, the positive take on all of these players. But that's going to wrap it up for this one. Thank you all for stopping by, staying throughout the entire video, and I'll see you all in the next one.